the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What's the 411 on my 401k? You're in the right place. The Biz 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says the coup in Niger threatens U.S. support for the African nation. That even as a military takeover could be creating a new inroad for Russian influence there. Already on the streets of Niamey in the capital, people have been outside waving Russian flags, saying that they welcome Wagner, they want Russia to come, and they want the French to leave. Correspondent Sam Mednick in Philadelphia Friday, keeping cool with Job One for residents like Dean Stead, who took her son to the water park to beat the heat. It's really hot, so I'm just trying to relax, let him have fun, play in the water with some kids. Dog walker Todd Bushman says even the dogs appreciate a good dip in the water. Today, the, the lake is nice and cool, so it's great to get them in the water. Extreme summer weather was affecting nearly 200 million people in the U.S. This is SRN News. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Health Heal Veterans. Colorectal cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello, I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. 
Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is a globe whirling transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Good morning. Welcome. King Daniel's show, The Biz 1440. Beautiful summer day. Hope you're enjoying it. Thank you for spending your time with us. Normally, when I do a fifth uh, Saturday of the month, this being the 29th, so it is there for the fifth Saturday of our um, of our month of July, normally this is one of those t- ones where I have to think about what's going to fill in material because there isn't a whole lot of data out there. There aren't a lot of activities out there, and particularly in the summertime, it's a struggle. It's tempting to even take that fifth Saturday and say, that'd be a good time just to take a break. But not this week. Indeed, this is one of those weeks where I wish I had a third hour, except I want to be outside. Uh, but I wish I had a third hour. Uh, and uh, because so much happened this week, uh, both personally and uh <laughs> And economically, we had the FOMC statement, uh, another quarter point rise in the interest rate in the Fed funds rate with conversation now about whether they're going to continue or not. Um, if you want the short story of today's show, it's simply this. The Fed, is, Jay Powell got up and basically played uh, paddle ball. I, I can't call it tennis. After all, the man is um, of of... The man is of advanced age, but he got up there and basically they kept trying to hit to him. What are you going to do? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? And he batted away every question and said, basically, we're wait and see. We're data dependent, Um, which is now I'm trying to leak it into every bit of every bit of conversation I can find. Um. What are you going to hit? What are you going to hit here from 110 yards out, King, on 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 the seventh hole? Well, that decision is data dependent. <laughs> I think I'll try that, uh, and so forth. Um, of, then, of course, right after the Fed meeting on Wednesday, we got GDP coming in above trend, um, and and a number that. That was a mild surprise. I think everyone's acting like, oh, my gosh, the economy's really growing fast. No, it's not. 2.4% is not a fast growth rate, but it's better than what we thought. Even a month ago, I would have said 2 would be sort of the outside of good. But as we saw, as as the June data rolled in through the month of July, I kept having to move myself up. So I was probably at about 2 and a quarter. 2.4 2.4 versus 2.25, uh, fine. Okay, I'm okay being off a little bit that way. And then yesterday we actually got the uh, the number that gets ignored after the after the GDP report uh, is always the uh, personal income and outlays number for the month of June, which came out yesterday, Friday, and came in at. Uh, came in on a, a chained basis of up 2% on disposable personal income and consumption up four-tenths of percent. So personal consumption is still growing at a pretty strong rate. 
And if I look on a on a year by year basis, core PCE is still north of four percent. Okay, uh, core personal consumption expenditures price inflation is still running above four percent at four point one, down from four point six for the for the previous uh, for the previous three months. So finally, that number's rolling off, but and that was to be expected. Uh, so, um, I promised, uh, so we're going to talk in this first hour, we're going to do, we're going to play a lot of clips from the Powell press conference. I want to compare and contrast those num those comments with what happened in other places, because the last thing that happened and all the action this week started Wednesday, because everyone was sort of like waiting for the fed, waiting for the fed, waiting for the fed, right? The fed did, the fed managed to do what I've thought they would do is they'd raise a quarter point and then try the best they can to not give any hint of what they wanted to do next. I think Powell has been extremely clear that that with folks that the days of forward guidance are coming to an end. I remember us playing a, a, a conversation he had at the Brookings Institution with uh, Ben Bernanke, former chair of the Fed and the father of forward guidance. Sitting to his immediate, I'm trying to think of the stage, left. Uh, sitting to his immediate left. Um, and so he got up there and did that. Now, as always, I did not see it. I went through and watched the press conference I, in my usual manner. I Wednesday night, after after my wife has gone to bed... I will go down the basement, I will pop on YouTube, and I will watch all 50 minutes, because they're normally about 50 minutes of the press conference. All I have on me at the time is the, is the, um, is the prepared statement, which is, gets released at the time the press conference starts and handed to all, the, all, of the, uh, all of the reporters in the room. I'm reading that and I'm thinking to myself, man, this looks pretty similar to what I saw before. So I went and I looked at the June one, and they look really similar. So similar that you will find on our Twitter feed, using the hashtag PoundKBRS, you will find pretty soon. I have shared with you, I took the, the prepared statement of June 14th, the previous press conference, and the one from, from this week, from July 26th, and I took the June 14th one and edited it into the July 26 one so that you could see that you could have just edited the old document and turned it into the new document they're not changing their language very much and i've been picking up on this that that the prepared remarks feel like they're they're not really a cut and paste but but you can sort of see how they've been evolving that statement the Wall Street Journal used to do this with the FOMC statement, the, the published statement when they would announce, so the announcement piece. But Powell's going out with a seven, a six to seven minute prepared statement. And frankly, it's each one he gives is an edited version of the previous one. And I wanted you to see that. I was a little off kilter when I was working on this Wednesday night because I had I had been up in Niswa giving a talk as I frequently do, um, and I typically don't identify these folks, but I'm going to because they play a hero role in the story I'm about to tell you. Um, 
this was a this is a bank that's all around the uh, all around uh, uh, Minnesota has has a place in Bemidji has a place in the Twin Cities, uh, but uh, it, it, but it locates largely up here in central Minnesota. It's called Deerwood Bank. One of my former students from uh, the nineteen eighties is is um, is one of their VPs uh, and invited me to come give give the give the after lunch uh, uh, presentation about the economy and about the path of interest rates to them. And I joked with him when he asked, I said, you realize that that is a Fed day, right? And he said, oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. I said, so when are you having me speak? He says, I don't know. When do you want to speak? I said, I could speak pretty much at the same time Jay Powell speaking. That'd be kind of cool. So we did that. So I went up and gave this talk. And the only reason I mentioned their name, Deerwood Bank, is for the following reason. I finished the talk. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon. I hopped back in my, my new car, which I bought in April, which I waited, waited two months to receive. Um, I get in the car. I drive back. I go, I go from, I go into Baxter down Highway 371. I get, I get to, uh, I, I, you know, and you get all those lights that you have as you go through Baxter. Those of you that have driven up to Niswa and places north to say to Walker or something like that. I'll know the, I'll know that road. Just as I'm, just as I'm going through the last light by that Walmart heading south on my way toward little falls, I'm in the left lane. A deer comes out from the median strip, jumps in front of the truck. Can't avoid it. Okay. So I've been talking to Deerwood bank and what happens for the first time in my life, I hit a deer. Um, I'm perfectly fine. I hope I can tell you. All right. I'm here talking to you perfectly well protected by my new vehicle. My new vehicle, on the other hand, <laughs> has some significant damage to it. So it's on the side of the road. It's not drivable home. Do the usual set of calls. Uh, uh, police, AAA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and interestingly enough, all of a sudden, I'm looking. A car is pulled over ahead, and it happens a few times. By the way, I'm just going to say, I'll recommend Minnesota anybody because people here are so dang nice. How many people pulled over to say, "Hey, are you okay? Everything all right?" Um, I was I was super impressed by that. Uh, the cops in Baxter are amazing. Um, <laughs> I actually knew the guy doing dispatch for the uh, tow service, um, so he's the brother of a friend. Uh, so anyway, it, it was all good, but this car pulls over and some guy's walking back toward me and I look and I'm looking at the Jersey on the guy and the, the Jersey says Deerwood bank. It's one of the people I had just spoken to and to make a long story short, cause it, this is, the show's not about me really. It's about, it's about what's happening in the economy. Make a long story short. They stayed with me for the time until the tow truck came. And then they drove me back to St. Cloud. And I was able to spend time with two people. I'll just identify them by their first names, uh, Jeff and Denise, um, who had left, the, the, left the, uh, the meeting early because everyone else in the meeting was going to play golf, and they don't. They don't play, so they don't want to go. Uh, and it was a miserably hot day. And if it wasn't for them, I probably would have been a pretty sweaty puddle uh, by the end of that day. Um, so uh, we're all getting together for uh, lunch uh, this coming week on me um, without my car for, for probably a month or so until it gets repaired. But uh, 
but uh, otherwise everything fine and a shout out to those two people for doing that but uh, yeah i made it all the way to uh, i almost made it through 40 years living in minnesota before i hit my first deer and it's funny how whenever i tell this story all i hear from people is well let me tell you about when i hit a deer it's like like yeah i know it's not fun um it's not fun uh it, it's certainly not by the way in case in case you, someone asks don't ask me on twitter this question because my wife reads my twitter feed and i don't want her to know i have no idea what happened to the deer um I'm going probably 50 to 55 miles an hour. Hit the deer with the front of the car, and the deer and the deer's nowhere to be found. And just to the right, in the direction the deer was headed, is a Walmart parking lot. Who knows? Anyway, um, let's take a break here. We come back. Uh, Chair Powell, you'll get you'll get a lot of him coming up next on the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Lakeville to Lake Superior and Champlin to Chile. We're where you are. The Biz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Listen in anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. For women facing unplanned pregnancies, Robbinsdale Women's Center is the best first step in getting information, resources, and the support they need to make an informed choice. I'm talking with Bruce, a longtime supporter of RWC. Bruce, why do you and your wife continue to give? We love and appreciate what RWC offers women. Empowerment when they feel most vulnerable. Unlike some clinics that offer only one choice, RWC provides accurate information on all options so women can make the best choice. Our investments are fruitful and saving lives. Each week, an average of five women who are initially at risk will instead choose life. RWC is debt-free, receives no government funding, it's 100% donor-funded, and needs our help to reach even more women with life-affirming care and support. How can listeners help support the life-affirming work at Robbinsdale Women's Center? Go to rwcinfo.org to help more women have the opportunity and support to choose life. Donate today at rwcinfo.org. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. 
To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Are you about to sign an order for siding, roofing, or windows, but you're worried that the price is too high? Keep them honest by contacting me at GetMy3Quotes.com, and I'll email competitive quotes your way. That's the number three, GetMy3Quotes.com. Summertime and the living is easy. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. That's a good song. I like that. Got to listen to a couple of guys, a couple of older gentlemen play at uh, play at a restaurant last night. Um, my wife was eager to go sit someplace for dinner uh, and her ideal is to sit outdoors and have music playing live music going and we got we got all of that last night and even had a river view on top so so uh fantastic good summer uh thankfully that heat wave uh finally uh finally broke for us uh appreciate that uh six five one two eight nine four four seven to seven the number to call with your questions and comments i i um I want to play first for you. I want to do a comparison of what Jay Powell led with with the announcement between June and July. So we went back and pulled just like about oh gosh, what was it? Uh, maybe maybe what forty seconds of Jay Powell from June, and I want to compare it to about thirty seconds of Jay Powell in July here so let's first play let's play this this is the opening statement and and he has a paragraph that he reads in both times uh that starts with my colleagues and i remain squarely focused on our dual mandate good um and then ends with without price stability we will not achieve a sustained period of strong labor market conditions that benefit all saying there's no conflict between in the long run, there's no conflict between inflation and unemployment, which is true. That is that is the neoclassical lesson of the fact that in the long run, the Phillips curve is, doesn't exist, right? Um, e- even though in the short run, there's an argument about whether it exists. In the long run, there's no argument, really. Um, so I want you to – so he does that, and then he does this. So I'm going to start with the July statement – Cut number four. Since early last year, the FOMC has significantly tightened the stance of monetary policy. Today, we took another step by raising our policy interest rate a quarter percentage point, and we are continuing to reduce our securities holdings at a brisk pace. We've covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt. Looking ahead, we will continue to take a data-dependent approach in determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate. Okay, so that's what he said Wednesday. Let's rewind the tape back to June 14th in his previous FOMC. He reads the identical first paragraph, and then the second paragraph comes out this way. Play cut number one. Since early last year, the FOMC has significantly tightened the stance of monetary policy. 
We have raised our policy interest rate by five percentage points, and we've continued to reduce our securities holdings at a brisk pace. We've covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our tightening have yet to be felt. In light of how far we've come in tightening policy, the uncertain lags with which monetary policy affects the economy, and potential headwinds from credit tightening, today we decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. Looking ahead, nearly all committee participants view it as likely that some further rate increases will be appropriate this year to bring inflation down to 2% over time. So in June, he says, we're going to hold the rate here, but we believe we're going to have to raise rates later. So this was the hawkish the hawkish skip or hawkish pause that was mentioned. A lot of the a lot of people took that to mean then that we were not going to that the Fed was going to raise at the next one, but that we might now be at the point of where it's one on, one off, one on, one off, or in the language that gets used a lot in the financial press, this is a live meeting, which means they can raise rate. And then another meeting, which is a not live meeting, meaning everyone expects them not to raise rates. So that so and this is the result of the forward guidance that the Fed has provided. They have not wanted to do that. But you you'll notice two changes. OK, in June, I'm going to read this. And if you want to follow along, uh, at least for this first segment today. I have actually taken the edited document, and you can find it on my Twitter feed with the hashtag pound KBRS. My Twitter handle is at Banyan Show, and you can go there, and and I put in my Dropbox um, a a viewable copy of my edited thing that's on my screen here in my office at St. Cloud State right now. What he says is, what he says is... um, uh, what he said in June was, you know, not just we're going to take this pause, but then says nearly all committee participants view it as likely that some further rate increases will be appropriate this year to bring inflation down to 2% over time. In July, he says, looking ahead, we will continue to take a data-dependent approach in determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate. Which which can be interpreted a number of ways. It can be interpreted to mean we still think we're going to make one more move because that's where the SEP, that's where the statement of economic projections that was issued in June would take you. The, The... the statement of economic projections, again, is the FOMC's statement of their own forecast. And what they said then was, what they said at the time was they expected the rate to go up two more steps, which is why everyone expected a July one, and everyone sort of thinks the other one will come in September or November. But he's not saying that. He no longer says, he no longer says, the, the further rate increases uh, will be necessary, but instead says it's data dependent, meaning he wants the optionality of either raising the rate or not. And I can tell you, if you watch the stock market, when he skips that line in the prepared statement, the market shoots up like a rocket. 
But as he goes through the press conference, he's not going to tell them what's coming next. And this is a day where basically, basically, I, I think this is what we'll title the hour in the podcast, findable at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, the death of forward guidance. He put a nail in it. He put a nail in the coffin today on forward gui- or Wednesday on forward guidance. Absolutely, positively, did not want to give that. He just says, "Look, we're data dependent, and that's what it really means, data dependent." Let's move forward uh, and and talk about why. What's he evaluating as he thinks about the data dependency by thinking about GDP growth? This is, again, on Wednesday. The GDP numbers that I mentioned in the opening segment were, were released on Thursday. You asked, did they know what number was coming? They had an idea. They probably were able to see some early version, a pre- very sketchy preliminary report on GDP uh, when they release this because he never mentions the GDP number ever again in terms of what he's looking at. Let's play this cut five. Recent indicators suggest that economic activity has been expanding at a moderate pace. Growth in consumer spending appears to have slowed from earlier in the year. Although activity in the housing sector has picked up somewhat, it remains well below levels of a year ago, largely reflecting higher mortgage rates. And higher interest rates and slower output growth also appear to be weighing on business fixed investment. Now, again, and I'm going to bounce back and forth. I'm using Powell as my peg to talk about the economic data. Personal consumption expenditures on a real basis rose four-tenths of a percent um, in, in June, which would have been, which was, which was above the expectation. Personal income came in slightly below expectation, meaning households are still spending. Now, we all wonder what's going on. Uh, 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 Spencer and I were talking, uh, talking in the green room before, before the show started, virtual green room. And and uh, talking about the fact that uh, student loans are going to restart uh, payments sometime later this year after after the Supreme Court basically told the Biden administration you can't unilaterally change those terms even though they're still trying to do some of it but for the broad number of folks with student loans repayments will start um, this fall many people probably were paying anyway they didn't they didn't you didn't have to stop paying on your student loan. Uh, but for those that did stop paying, they'll have to restart pretty soon. And that might dent that consumption number. That's something to look at. But so when he says growth in consumer spending appears to have slowed from earlier in the year, it's not clear that's going to stay true, at least when you see the June data, which I I don't know that they would have seen this particular piece of information uh, to have picked that out. Um, and I'll I'll... I'll go back and talk about the GDP report in greater detail later. Uh, but he says that. What? Okay, I have to take a break here. Otherwise, otherwise I'll, I'll completely ruin the clock. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Attention, your money is now controlled by the U.S. government. Picture a world where your every purchase is monitored, tracked, and controlled by those in power to suppress the freedoms of those they see fit. Hi, my name is Jason Hansen. 
I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. And right now, I've become very focused on the impending rollout of the central bank digital currency. This is not a work of fiction. It's a terrifying reality looming on the horizon. But there is a bit of good news. I've partnered with Advantage Gold to offer you a solution. They are specialists in converting your traditional assets, like those inside an IRA or 401k, into tangible assets such as physical gold and silver. Don't allow your money to be controlled. Claim your free gold protection kit from Advantage Gold. Call 800-900-8000-800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Call 800-900-8000. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night, and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hot to fire. Streets of stone. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. I'm not going to let the bumpers play too long because we got way too much to squeeze into two hours or now an hour and a half of radio here on the Biz 1440. Uh, thank you for listening, and make sure you let folks know if they go, God, we, I missed the King Banyan Show. What do I do? Uh, go grab the podcast from TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com where you can uh, join the VIP club and get get that, uh, get that the podcast for this show and all the other shows that are produced uh, at uh, at uh, the Biz 1440. Appreciate your, appreciate your joining our VIP club. Uh, 651-289-4477 with questions and comments. 651-289-4477. We're playing through Jay Powell's piece. So the GDP report came in positive right after he says, he says they changed the word. So in the June report, 
They said recent indicators, and again, you can follow along. I, my last piece that's up on my Twitter feed is a link to an edited copy where you can see the changes from the June prepared remarks of Jay Powell to the July, those first six, seven, eight minutes of what he says. And one thing I have to do is I had to pull out a bunch of things that discuss the statement of economic projections. And so I've highlighted where those are. You just skip those because those would never have been in there. They don't because there is no SEP um, on, on these meetings in the, uh, in the odd numbered ones. Uh, so re, so he says recent indicators suggest the economic activity is to, has continued to expand at a moderate pace, whereas in June he said modest pace. That's what makes me think they may have known that the that the uh, top line number on the GD rep- GDP report that was coming out 18 hours later had a two handle on it, um, and that's fine. But the G- growth in consumer spending, that's what makes me think they saw the quarterly report, but they had not seen the personal income and outlays uh, numbers for Friday. And again, I would say disposable personal income down. GDP, okay, personal income down, personal consumption expenditures stronger than expected. And then the other thing, and I was pointing this out in my talk on Wednesday, what you have to pay attention to is the monthly numbers now as they click on by. Because every time you get a number where you, where you get a 0.3 or a 0.4 for a month-over-month increase, like in core PCE for... February, March, April, and May, all those numbers imply a PCE number that's going to be sticky around 4%. This is the first month in which we got a 0.2, right? Even 0.2 doesn't mean you, you've got to have some 0.2s and point, some 0.1s and some zero zeros in order to get the uh, core PCE number back to 2%. They haven't gotten, they've only gotten their first one in five. So when, when Powell says, as you'll hear in the later commentary, right, when, when you hear him say, look, this is, um, this is very much a, uh, this is very much a, a, a data dependent situation. This is the data that I think they're looking at. I think they're looking at that core PCE number and they're looking at the month by month, month clicks coming in. Because all of the easy gains are gone because you've taken out all of the months in the first half of 2022 when inflation was just galloping like that dang deer. Um, so, so he goes on and talks, and I want you to hear, I think this is the part where he talks about inflation. Let's play this cut number six. In determining the extent of additional policy firming that may be appropriate to return inflation to 2% over time, the committee will take into account the cumulative tightening of monetary policy, the lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation, and economic and financial developments. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting based on the totality of the incoming data and their implications for the outlook for economic activity and inflation as well as the balance of risks. That last sentence, I'm sorry, I did. I skipped everything because if you look at what I've given you uh, on that in that last tweet and the link, it's it's about 1,500 words, but based, you, you just need to look for the edits. I've, I've tried to highlight where the document is edited. Um, you, if you look at the look at that that paragraph, 
that paragraph was identical for for from June to July, except for this last sentence. And I'm going to read it to you again. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting based on the totality of incoming data and their implication for the outlook for economic activity and inflation, as well as the balance of risk. That sentence was inserted as new, meaning they really are not going to allow people to think there's a live meeting, there's a not live meeting, okay, meaning that that there's a there's basically an implicit guarantee they won't raise the rates at some next meeting. By the way, also to note, the the time lag the, the time between this meeting and the next FMC meeting is actually two weeks longer than usual. They actually will not will not announce again until late September. Uh, it's just a quirk in the calendar that that uh, they they have have. But you also should know that in August they will go out to Jackson Hole and have the annual meeting that's put on by the Kansas City Fed, and the can and this will be this will be a meeting in which. There will be a whole lot of financial, basically the same people asking asking Powell questions Wednesday will be at this meeting in August asking Powell questions again. Okay, let's play. Let's play. I think this is it from the very end of the press conference. Let's play this. Uh, let's play this. This is cut number seven. So we haven't made a decision to go to every other meeting. It's not something we've looked at. We're going to be going meeting by meeting. And uh, as we go into each meeting, we're going to be asking ourselves the same questions. So we haven't made any decisions about about any future meetings, including the pace at which we'd consider hiking. But we're going to be assessing the need for uh, further tightening that may be appropriate. Right. Notice he never says easy. This is where I want to do the compare and contrast, all right? I The next morning... Okay, so this was this was Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, GDP before the GDP number drops, Christine Lagarde, uh, president of the European Central Bank, comes out with the announcement that the European Central Bank is raising their rate. They actually have three rates that they move together. Uh, I won't explain the difference between the ECB operating procedures and and uh, Federal Reserve operating procedures. But they moved theirs together. They moved in the same in lockstep with the Fed. And she was making the same kinds of statements about meeting by meeting and and data dependency. I want to play two clips from her uh, that will sound almost like they're reading from the same set of notes. Okay, I don't think they talk to each other. I don't think this is coordinated. But you can just see how central bankers think alike by what you just heard. And now listen to these. Let's play first. Cut number two. Our future decisions will ensure that the key ECB interest rates will be set at sufficiently restrictive levels for as long as necessary to achieve a timely return of inflation to our 2% medium-term target. We will continue to follow a data-dependent approach to determining the appropriate level and duration of restriction. And to be sure that the, so she, she gets asked a question by a reporter and it's like, okay, maybe you don't understand what this really means. And remember in Europe, GDP is not growing across the system and particularly not in Germany, which appears to be in recession. So they're going to be a little more, a little more hesitant to just sort of say the direction is toward 
what additional tightening might happen as opposed to what Powell has said uh, in response to Steve Leisman. Okay. Um, so let me go, let's play this. This is, this is again Christine Lagarde on Thursday announcing the European Central Bank's decision to raise rates 25 basis points, cut three. What I'm saying here is that data and our assessment of data will actually tell us whether and how much ground we have to cover. So we are deliberately data dependent and we have an open mind as to what the decisions will be in September and in subsequent meetings because this determination based on data might vary from one month to the other. So we might hike and we might hold and what is decided in September is not definitive. It may vary from one meeting to the other. So I hope it's very clear that um, we are not in the domain of forward guidance, but we are very strongly rooted in our determination to break the back of inflation. There you heard it. We are not in the domain of forward guidance. They have, ECB has left it. The Fed has left it, although the Fed has... Powell doesn't say it quite as definitively as Lagarde does, but you may as well you may as well just think those are the same those are the same things. So, what you heard Powell say before I played those two Lagarde clips were were about were about the uh, about you know are you you know should we believe all meetings are live? And he says we haven't made a decision to go to every other meeting, and then he's then he's trying to think about what are you using to decide that. Let's play this. This is cut number. Eight, I believe. So what are we going to be looking at? Really, it will be the broader, the whole broader picture. And starting with, um, we're looking for moderate growth, right? We're looking for uh, supply and demand through the economy coming into better balance, um, including in particular in the labor market. We'll be looking at inflation. We'll be asking ourselves, does this whole collection of data, do we assess it as suggesting that we need to raise rates further? And if we make that conclusion, then we will go ahead and raise rates. So what the Fed is doing is going back to what it used to do, basically pre-Bernanke and Yellen, which is just to say, it's our discretion what we're going to do. We're not going to tell you because we, at least he's honest enough to say, because we don't know ourselves yet. True. But the market lives better, okay, when you have additional uncertainty introduced in the market, uncertainty has a price attached to it, okay? It's called the uncertainty risk premium, and that risk premium got higher on Wednesday and Thursday. And then I haven't even talked about Thursday night yet, in which, uh, at which time uh, the Bank of Japan came out with an announcement um, that confuses everybody about what it is they're doing. I'll have to explain that during the next hour. Let's take a break here. When we come back, more from the Jay Powell press conference on Wednesday here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I feel so tense. 
and worried all the time. Is this anxiety? Mental Health Minnesota is here to help seven days a week with resources, peer support, online screenings, connections to treatment and crisis services. It's anonymous, confidential, and free of charge. Whether you're living with a mental health condition, are concerned about someone you love, or could use some support, Mental Health Minnesota is here for you. MentalHealthMN.org. Sponsored by Mental Health Minnesota, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and this station. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800 989-0841. 800-989-0841. 800-989-0841. That's 800-989-0841. Yeah, Invergrove Hyundai, they have an amazing service staff. Incredible. Hey, I'm Javon from Egan. All in all, um, the entire staff is so friendly. I mean, you have young people to even elders. They really are like like good people. They have really, really good hearts. So Tyler is someone that I would highly recommend. Uh, well, he'll, he'll remember your name, too. <laughs> I have a Hyundai Sonata 2020 services that I've gotten on there is uh, oil changes. We had to switch out the chip maybe once and I, I probably had a, like a, a check engine light and I wanted to get it checked on but they never give me a hassle. It's like hey come in. One thing I love the most about Invergrove Hyundai is any place you go that if they remember you then you're significant to them. Even if you don't think you are they'll make you feel like it and you'll feel right at home. Invergrove Hyundai service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment online at InvergroveHyundai.com. That's InvergroveHyundai.com. Don't get lost in the endless stream of misleading headlines. Turn to a leading source of conservative news. Townhall.com. Political cartoons. Thoughtful commentary. And an intelligent perspective on the day's headlines. Townhall.com. A division of Salem Media Group. From Glencoe to New Mexico. And Apple Valley to Napa Valley. We're where you are. This is Twin Cities Business Radio. Stream the Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you so much for listening uh, today. Um, Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. The number to call with questions and comments. Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. Let's continue uh, with the Powell press conference because at this point, Steve Leisman from CNBC got the first question and basically asked the ask all the questions regarding you know what do you plan to do for September and for November, and gets the answer. Well, that's going to sort of depend on the totality of the data. We counted during the during the um, 
right? And basically, this and basically says we're doing it meeting by meeting, and there's and there will be no forward guidance. He doesn't use those words in that point in the way that Lagarde did. But he then spends the last um, what does that come out to? Um, Forty minutes of the press conference doing this again. We kept count, including Leesman. There were eleven questions which regarded timing of rate increases over the next time. And and to his credit, Powell gives the same answer every time. There was, you know, I you can disagree with a lot of what he did, but in terms of making sure he did not say anything to indicate what might happen in September, he succeeded at that. I'll give you a couple examples. Here, let's play this one in response to a, a question uh, from, excuse me, uh, from Neil Irwin at Axios. He's being asked if you're depend if you're data dependent, why not pause again? Why not stay on hold? And you'll and listen because you'll begin to hear as we play these clips, increasing levels of of annoyance. Like, I you, I answered that question, doggone it. Okay, so let's play this one first. Cut nine, please. So, um, if you go back to uh, what we're trying to do here, we're trying to achieve a stance of policy that's sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation down to 2%. At the last meeting, we wrote down our individual estimates of that would take of what that would take, and the meeting of that was was uh, was an additional two rate hikes. So, I, I would say. We looked at the interim, interim, intermeeting data, and as I mentioned, broadly consistent, not perfectly consistent, but broadly consistent with expectations, and as a result, we went ahead and, and took another step. And if that's right, that means that somewhere in the next two meetings, you probably should expect one more rate hike. If, But he says, if the economy obeys or roughly moves in the way that the... That the uh, the forecast, the SEP forecast, had back in June, which, again, still lands you with a inflation rate around 3%. It still lands you with a GDP growth rate that's a little under, that's, a, that's uh, soft. But you'll hear a clip later where he says they don't think, they don't think a recession's coming anymore as they did. So we go through this. So he answers, he answers Neil Irwin and Nick Timoros from the Wall Street Journal basically throws another question on would another cpi report like the one we just had in june allow you to at least maintain that slower pace and defer until the fall any decision of whether you need that second rate hike and this is powell's answer this should be cut 10 so i'm just going to tell you again what we're going to do in september we're going to look at, at two additional job reports two additional cpi reports lots of activity data uh, and that's what we're going to look at, and we're going to make that decision then. And that decision could could mean another hike in, in September, or it could mean that we decide to maintain at that level. Right. It's the same answer he gave. the You know, these those answers are two minutes apart. It's the same, it's the same thing. And this goes on for another 35 minutes. Well, I should say 30 minutes, because the last three questions he got were actually not about that. He answered 20 questions in about 37 minutes, kept his answer short, stayed on the main message. Um, when, when someone tried to take him down a rabbit hole, like asked him, I don't think I have the clip recorded, but when they asked him about the UPS strike, he's like, hey, that's not my job. I don't do that. Don't, don't ask me that question. Uh, I'm not interested in that. Uh, let's continue. Cut. Cut 11. 
as, as you know, we think and most economists think that core inflation is actually a better signal of where, of, of where headline inflation is going because headline inflation is affected greatly by volatile uh, energy and food prices. So we would want core inflation to be coming down because that's what we think that's core is, is signaling where head, headline is going to go in the future. And core inflation is still pretty elevated. You know, there's reason to think it, it can come down now, but it's it's still quite elevated. And so we think we need to stay on task. Need to stay on task. And that's basically that's basically the 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 whole point of the press conference is is this. And people say, well, if you stay on task, that means you're going to raise unemployment, right? And he answers that as well. Let's play cut twelve. And we don't seek to. It's not that we're aiming to to raise unemployment, but I would just say the historical record. We have to be honest about the historical record, which does suggest that when central banks go in and slow the economy to bring down inflation, the result tends to be some softening in labor market conditions. And so that is still the the likely outcome here. So he says the path we see will include some raise in the unemployment rate. So if the unemployment rate gets to 4%, guess what? The Fed probably stays on. So a lot of talk about whether or not the whether or not they will skip the last rate hike. My sense is no. This is also part of my reasoning for why I think there will be a recession because the Fed typically goes a little too far with these things and I think there'll be a recession. I'll think it'll be very mild, but I still believe there'll be one. But the Fed is not changing anything. They they has not changed any bit of its policy in this meeting. And indeed, by deflecting all these questions as well as he did, uh, Chair Powell probably did did a solid for the institution on Wednesday by being by killing forward guidance in a world where you don't have enough information to give forward guidance. You are, I am going to give you forward guidance. There's another hour coming up of the King Banyan Show here on The Biz 1440. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Are you certain that your forever after is taken care of with your retirement plan? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing how to build confidence in and remain confident in retirement. After all, peace of mind in retirement will make your golden years much more enjoyable. Alan Mike will share with you five ways to remain confident in retirement. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them right now at 855-231-6010. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you, and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's Pragertopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. 
PragerTopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, PragerTopia Unlimited. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Record-setting four-time Emmy Award winner Michelle Tafoya discusses politics and the state of our culture, free from mainstream media pressures. That means you'll find unhindered commentary and astute observations that bring greater depth to the topic at hand. Insight from subject matter experts and thought leaders round out the conversation. Watch the Michelle Tafoya podcast free on YouTube or stream via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Breaking. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.